Welcome back to Shit Shower and Shave, Shit with a Y, not an I. Um, this week we have Rachel, who is a fitness instructor, a model. Uh, what are your other titles? You have so many. Uh, doula. <laughs> yeah. Um, an actor. And then actress, actor. And the new title she has is mom. So congratulations. Thank you. Um, so first I'll let you tell us a little about yourself as a complete person. So like while you have this new title, uh, Rachel and I have known each other for maybe three or four years. Nope. Yeah. Maybe three. Huh? Yeah, three or four. Um, with Preston. Yes, I was pregnant with the first. And she gave me so many useful tips for delivery that I actually use that we'll get into later. But um, tell us just a little bit about yourself from an overall perspective of who Rachel is. So um, I always have to start with where I'm from. I'm an Oakland girl uh, residing in Harlem. Um, school brought me to New York City. I always, like, knew I wanted to be in New York, and everyone else was like, why do you want to be in New York? But um, <laughs> as crazy <laughs> as it is, it it just makes me happy. It's my happy place. Um, so I live in Harlem, um, and I teach fitness full-time. I'm married. Um, I've been married a year and a half. Um, she had the most turned-up wedding ever. It was quite uh, <laughs> enjoyable, I will say that. I, I enjoyed myself thoroughly. Listen, I believe in making sure people are well-liquored and well-fed and have a good time. Um, and so, yeah, especially when since we're in that chapter of life where we have to go to a million weddings and spend a lot of money and time, I'm like, they at least have to have a good time. <laughs> so and, I'm glad and, and good time, time was had by all. Sorry to cut you off. Continue. <laughs> no, that's fine. So um, acting in school, undergrad, brought me to New York. I went to Juilliard. I studied acting, lived in L.A. for like five years um, and was like, ugh, I just missed the city. So I moved back and fitness kind of like happened to me. I like I was always active as a kid. I played a bunch of sports. And then after college, I started taking yoga. And I, I'm one of those people who need to take yoga, but was always like, that is too boring. I don't want to take it. <laughs> and um, I started taking hot yoga and, like, got kind of addicted to it, wanted to learn a little bit more. And um, so I was like, I'm going to do the training. And I thought the whole practice of yoga and the philosophy was really, really interesting. And then I started to teach, and I just tell people it's like I unlocked Pandora's box. I didn't realize mm-hmm. like, that I was going to fall in love with it so much. And I guess teaching, you know, I got it honest. I'm a, a daughter of an educator. Um, but okay. I didn't know that it was going to fulfill me in the same way that acting did. And um, the connection to my students meant a lot to me, and it just kind of, like, grew from there. So I started with yoga, then I did bar training, and then I taught that like full time. And that's when um, the whole like doula stuff kind of started. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think a seed has been planted my whole life because I've I was that little girl who, like, walked around with a swaddled doll and was, like, my baby's sleeping. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, when water babies came out, it was, like, oh, my God, it's a water baby. It's, like, real. I literally was walking around Costco, and someone's, like, can I see your baby? And I remember being, like, no, she's sleeping. 
<laughs> and I was probably like, I don't know, seven. I have no idea how old I was. I was young, thinking I was somebody's mama with a stroller and the whole night. So um, that is hilarious. Yes. So I was very obsessed with being a mother, and I'm a big sister. So my mom will tell you stories where she would literally have to be like, Rachel, he is my child. Look. Can I have my baby back? Like, yes, it's your brother, but, like, I, you're only three and a half. Give him back to me. <laughs> yeah, Give and him it was back. hilarious. Thank you very much, ma'am. When I realized how young I was when he was born, I was like, you let me carry him? And she's like, I didn't have a choice. Like, I was only three and a half, <laughs> and I was, like, carrying right. him everywhere. I'm like, he was my baby. Um, yeah, I can't say like, that I would let uh, <laughs> Preston carry around uh, somebody's baby right now, but I understand. Strong wheels and, are strong wheels. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of dealing with that now with my child. I'm like, hmm. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah. So, I, like, had a lot of students that were pregnant or new moms, and I just didn't feel like I had enough information. So, I started to seek new information and education, um, both on my own and different trainings. Um, and then it kind of became, like, my niche, like, prenatal and postnatal fitness, because a lot of people – say a lot of different things and many things are incorrect um Mm -hmm. and so I found that moms were gravitating to me because what I was saying made sense in their bodies um and they were like I keep hearing different things but what you're saying is making sense to me and my brain and my body so um so it just became like a passion of mine and I just realized like it's a demographic that's underserved which I was like what do you mean like when I learned that incontinence happens to most moms before I was a mom I'm like people are peeing on themselves in the 2000s like I don't understand like that's offensive to me like I was literally like this is a civil rights issue like how are women having babies and just peeing on themselves and no one talking about it like so correct people Yeah, and people laugh at me because I talk about Kegels on the pelvic floor all the time, and, like, some of my students, like, I fall out of their face, and I'm like, yes, you have a vagina, just so you know, Mm -hmm. and guess what? Men also have Kegels, and men need to do their Kegels and their pelvic floor work. It's not just the sexual um, muscle, you know? It's a health muscle. muscle. Absolutely. Like, when when you talk about peeing on yourself now, like, Penelope will be... 20, 21 months, and it's, I have to physically think about doing my Kegels every day, thanks for the reminder all the time, but people don't realize you cough and pee, you sneeze and pee, you have yeah. to go to the bathroom, like, you know how you have, like, when you, before you had a baby, you could, like, hold yeah. it, and when you got to the house, you're like, oh, I got to pee, I got to pee, that's not an option anymore, because right. when you do that, you're probably going to pee on yourself, yeah. <laughs> And it's people who don't have kids, right? My girlfriend was sitting on my uh-huh. couch. She's super fit. She's 40 years old. And she's like, girl, I pee when I cough. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So, like, I'm like, do I need to start a whole podcast on Kegels? Like, I don't know. But it's like we should all know, too, that overseas, I mean, this is like a whole nother conversation. But, like, when you talk about women's rights and where we are today, clearly we have a lot of work to do. But women's health is not a priority in the States, period. So overseas, Mm -hmm. when women have babies, number one, they have a whole lot of maternity and paternity, and they go to pelvic floor therapists after they have a baby. So, like, they rehabilitate their bodies postpartum. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and we do not do that. Like, it's just kind of like 
Like, I find it weird that I'm taking my kid every week, two weeks, you know, to the doctor, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting six weeks. And I'm like, well, what's, what's yeah. something wrong with me? You know, and I'm, like, super aware of my body. People aren't. Mm-hmm. People don't have that luxury, like, if they're like, maybe something's off with me. You know, I feel like there's a place in my right middle back where I'm like, eh, I don't know if that's muscular or my organs just shift. Right. Like, you know, I don't, I think it's kind of crazy that we're not going to see anybody for six weeks when something could be wrong with us or we just need to be checked on. You know what I mean? Just even right. mentally and emotionally, I feel like new moms should have a check-in before six weeks. But Right, and yeah. that's where, like, I had an issue with Penelope. Um, I don't even know if you know about this. Like, I would have these night sweats are normal. Like, night sweats are just normal after you have a baby. I thought I was crazy. And then I talked to my doctor. She was like, oh, no, that's just all the hormones getting out of your body. And I was like, oh, nobody told me that. And it's like this laundry list of, of, of things that you're like, yeah. I think I'm crazy. And then you talk to somebody else and you're like, oh, you had that too? Maybe I'm not. So I agree there are things that you should, like, talk about often or your healthcare provider should tell you about instead of it just being this, like, oh, by the way, yeah, that's okay. Um, and not that I discharge had- list. You know what I mean? Like, Correct. the day after you have a baby or two days when they're like, and, blah, 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 and you're like, womp, womp, womp. Like, what? what? I don't know. Right. You're like, wait a minute, what happened? Like, I'm worried about my butt falling out. I don't really know what you're saying. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what? Yes. That's not the time to be giving a woman a laundry list of stuff. Like, when they were trying to teach me about circumcision and they're giving me all these instructions, I, like, literally felt like I was like, Am I supposed to retain all of this information? Like, because my brain still doesn't work. Y'all do know I did just have this baby. My brain's still not there yet. (laughs) Absolutely. So, anyways, night sweats. Yeah. So the issue that I had with Penelope was I um before I had her when I was pregnant with Preston I had yeast in one of my breasts um that Uh was just un like it just it wouldn't go away and they gave me ointment. And then they gave me diclocan pills because they were like, okay, you just need to get it flushed out of your body. But then I found out I was pregnant. And so I couldn't take them. And I ultimately ended up stopping nursing. Well, fast forward to after having Penelope, I am at home. I'm having these terrible fevers. I'm like, what is going on? And thank God I had a good relationship with my practice. Like I go to a team, so they will allowed like you call the line you can talk to nurses like there are a yeah. lot of people who are helpful but yeah. basically they were saying I had um an infection that it's like a normal breast infection from nursing but um I forget what it's called mastitis maybe I may be quoting it wrong mastitis. yeah so basically he was like that's probably what you have um and he just called me something in because I knew my body well enough. But if you don't know your body and you don't know what you should be looking for, should not be looking for, what's normal or what's not normal, because it wasn't like I had a fever all day, every day. It was just like at night I would have this fever and then it would go away and then I would be fine. And then I was like, this is too many days of doing this. So I agree to your point. Like they need to give a holistic view of every possible thing that you could experience outside of you having to go figure it out on your own. And making you comfortable enough to ask questions. I think there's this pressure on women. And, you know, I feel it's almost the demographic, especially that I work with, is, like, definitely, like, an educated upper middle class to to wealthy crew. And I think there's more pressure on the, like, the women who have letters behind their name or Mm -hmm. extra zeros in their bank 
bank account to know it all. And I'm like, yeah, you might know it all about the career path you chose to commit your life to, but you don't know right. it all about being a mother, and that's okay. But it, mm-hmm. I've watched so many women be so filled with anxiety, with shame, with guilt, with, you know, just ego about – I'm like – it's like when I teach a class, if you come to me to teach you, that's because you don't know. And that's okay. Right. But it's very difficult for, for many adult women, men not so much, because you know, they're kind of simple. But with my female <laughs> students, like, I love teaching men because they're like a child. You're like, put your left toe here. And they're like, okay, teacher. Right. Like, it's very simple. But women, we're really hard on ourselves. And, you know, mm-hmm. fit, you think fitness is one thing and parenting is another. No, it's really similar. Like, we don't like feeling like we don't know what we're doing. But I think we Correct. have to, as a community of women, through this podcast, through just sister circles, because I think we all know even friends, you might have friends going through stuff. And they don't tell you. Like, I'm an expert on Mm -hmm. a lot of these things, and so many of my friends, after the suffering, after the hospitalization, after the meds, then they come to me and they're like, yeah, so I had X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, I'm right Mm -hmm. here for you. Like, why wouldn't you come to me and talk to me about these things so I can help prevent a challenge for you without any judgment? I just think we're going to always think people are going to judge us. And I'm like, and if they do, who cares? Like, Equip yourself with the right information from the right source to prevent challenges in your life. Like, it's okay. Like, I just got my lactation certification, but I gave Samuel a bottle yesterday, and then he was having difficulty latching, and I text you (laughs) because I was crying on the subway and crying to my neighbor. I was having my first mommy meltdown because I felt guilty about leaving my baby and, like, did I give him a bottle too soon or should I not ever pump or, you know, Mm -hmm. we – information still doesn't take away your emotions and your humanity. And so I think it's really important that women have support, like, all the time. And you so. and you should have, like, I, and I think about that in the realm. We've talked about miscarriage on here before. But from miscarriage to nursing issues to postpartum yeah. issues to everything. To partner like, I think issues, it's really, like, all of it. Who prays? Lord Jesus, yes. <laughs> yes. But, like, that's why I started this, and that's why, like, all of my – for everyone who's having a baby and my friends who had kids before me that I'm really close with, like, all said the same things. Like, girl, don't expect this. Don't expect that. It's not going to be what you think, blah, 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 blah. And you don't really realize it until you're in the thick of it. And mm-hmm. that's why I'm always super transparent about everything. I'm, I've been super transparent about abortion, miscarriage. My parenting woes, like, people think it's funny because I'll be like, oh, no, my kids are little assholes. And I'm like, no, they, they are assholes at times. It is okay to say that. Like, today right. I'm getting on my nerves. I was, in, I was in Walmart the other day. I was in Target. And I was getting something, and Preston was just working it. It was late. We had to get something for a recital. He was just working and working and working it. And I was like, he's like, Mommy, I want to help you. I want to help you. And I was like, Preston, right now Mommy does not want your help. And a mom in front of me laughed because she was like oh my god that's so real but I would never say that to my kids and I was like why like right now I don't want your help there's nothing wrong with saying that and being transparent with them right as a byproduct my kid says stuff to me like he asked me for something and I was like oh Preston I don't know where it is and he's like mommy think about it and I couldn't do anything but laugh because I was like he's just giving me the same personality that we give him but like I feel like if I were to always be yes or always be, like, trying to make up something, 
and not being real, then he wouldn't like it he it wouldn't make sense to him. And so I'm always like I give advice, I give help. Like, when you called me yesterday, I was like, girl, it will take patience because I had a flashback to, I think I texted you when Penelope would not last for a month. And I was like, oh, my God, there's something I'm doing wrong. I'm a bad mom. Like, did I give her formula too early? Did I do that? So yesterday, like, gave me a throwback to that. And that's why I was like, just be patient. It will happen. It will, you will be tired. Like, when you text me, it's like, yeah, Penny's hormones and this lack of sleep. I mean, and that's real. And it's like a sleep that you could never – it's like a lack of sleep that you could never picture in your mind. Like, even if you multiplied all, all the party days you had with hangovers and, like, being sick, it's still like a tired that is not the same. Yeah, and then at the same time you have, like, I always will comment to you about how you always still have energy. I'm like, what the hell? She always, like, you just keep going. <laughs> and I'm like, bro, we this party, like, when we were partying for my bachelorette, I'm like, you wake up, pump, go drive yep. back there one hour of sleep, feed your baby, cook dinner for the family, or breakfast, rather, come back, we go to brunch, and then you pump again, and then you drive the milk back. I was like... And then stay up all night. I'm like, this is insane. I mean, most people aren't you. You're amazing. But I'm like, but it's weird. Like, I had an audition, and they're like, how are you here? And I was like, they're like, you're not tired? And I was like, well, yeah. It's like hard to explain. It's like you're in a twilight zone because you're so filled with joy. You're like, I made a human, so I am a superhero, and I believe every woman should have a freaking cape and a pedestal and a crown and everything because we're superheroes. But it's like you're tired and you're full full of of. Mm-hmm. It's so weird to explain, but then you're also full of anxiety. Like, and I feel myself yep. hesitating to try to explain the feeling, but I actually, knock on wood, haven't had any negative, like, you know, postpartum mm-hmm. depression sensations, but I do have bubbles up of anxiety. Like I am fully mm-hmm. responsible for this human being. Like I am choosing to exclusively breastfeed, like unless I am gone and he's starving and somebody needs to feed him a bottle of express right. milk. But it's like to make that choice means I am, I am attached to this human being. Like he needs mm-hmm. me. And sometimes daddy can soothe him, but nine times out of ten, it's mommy. And so it's yep. a hard, it's, you know, like my husband looks at me being funny and is like, this is what you wanted. You know what I mean? Like, and I've wanted And they don't get forever. it. They don't understand. Yeah. No, but it's, it's, but it's okay to say, like, I'm anxious. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm happy. You know what I mean? So, like. I, cause I don't want people to be like, oh, so you're like depressed or whatever. And people are depressed and that's fine. But I think people mm-hmm. don't realize how much of a responsibility being a mom is like, and, and how to balance the laundry, food, cause you still do it all. Like, some you women still have like, every role that you had. Yes. Yes. And my grandmother told me nothing mom, changes. No. And I remember she said that. She's like, listen, y'all, she's like, you can't burn your bra because your boobs are too big. But <laughs> she was like, I understand women's rights, Denise, but please listen to me. She's like, you may, you're just adding to your plate. Nothing's going to mm-hmm. come off of it. And she's like, and don't you ever have a baby. This is something else she also told my mom. Don't ever have a baby unless you want to have a baby because that's your baby. 
and nothing yep. changes. Like the responsibilities do not shift. Like your husband or partner may try to be like, oh, I'm going to try to be helpful, but they still don't see what you see. They don't see, they might see the dishes in the sink, but they didn't even think to open the dishwasher to empty the clean dishes out of there to, you know, it's like, it's like little things like that. You're like, you d- oh. they don't get it. And and I think the other thing is it's okay to be anxious. So I remember I yeah. I read tons of books before, and I was very sensitive about postpartum depression because I had been depressed before. I thought it was this, like, mythical, magical thing. Like, I remember being younger and knowing somebody, being very close to somebody who's depressed. And I was like, girl, you don't get your ass up out this bed because I did not understand that it was something that was very real. So oh, yeah. when I went through it and was like, oh, shit, I can't physically get about the bed. Like, this is painful. So when I, after I had the kids, especially with Preston, I was so paranoid about postpartum. And I did not have it, but I do remember, like, laying in my closet floor crying or, like, being so tired and, like, with Penelope being like, can you please just shut up? Or, like, being on the phone with one of my friends and she being like, oh, my God, I can see how people who are on edge could literally, like, hurt their kids. She's like, not that I would do it, but I can see how because you're tired. You're yeah. hearing somebody cry all the time. There's somebody attached to your body. Like, you don't know what to do. And so I was active about taking all those damn quizzes about, like, what postpartum is. And I would talk to my doctor about it. I would call. I would everything. And they would they would be like, Jennifer calm down, you are a new mom. They were like, do yeah. you want to hurt yourself? Do you want to hurt your baby? Do you this? And I was like, no, no, no. They were like, then you are just having normal, what they call mommy blues. It's normal. It's okay to have anxiety. It's okay to do all these things, especially mm-hmm. with your first, because you're like, am I going to screw them up? Like, I know that everybody's going to end up on a couch at one point, but like, what can I do to not have them be on the couch more than somebody else? Or like, you never, right. ever, ever know. So it's like all these anxieties that come when you become a mom. And like you said, like dads have, and I think I said this to you, I was like, dads have completely different stressors than moms yes. do. Like their stresses yes. are completely different. Their stresses <laughs> are, I got to go to work every day. I got to take care of this household. Because as much as women are independent and have jobs and do work, at the end of the day, a good man or a good partner whether it's man, woman, whatever, is going to say, I have to do whatever I have to do to make sure this family stays afloat. Right. Whether that's work two jobs, whether that's work 15 jobs, whether what, whether that's driving Uber at night, whether that's mm-hmm. taking, picking up extra shifts at Walmart and Target, like, that, those are their stresses. So, like, while I at times are like, this nigga really didn't pick up these shoes off the floor or pick up this clothes. Like, really? (laughs) He's like, all right, I got to worry about going to do something else. Like, it's just different. And I think for me, I know that I always take for granted the fact that I am so organized and so OCD to a point, and I've had to get to a point to be like, I can't let certain things bother me because I just right because that adds stress to your life. So I've told I've told women right. even before they were mothers, just in a marriage. I'm like, girl, sometimes you gonna go have sex with your husband and leave the damn dishes in the sink because fucking your husband mm-hmm. is more important than an empty sink. Correct? <laughs> like, yes. Like, and you realize you created, and I think too, because a lot of nowadays, many of us have been single for so long. So the older you are, mm-hmm. before you 
get married, you like things the way you like them. And many yep. men care a less about the little idiosyncrasies that we have about a straightened, you know, linen closet. They don't, that doesn't, right. and it really doesn't matter in the scheme of life. So I think, too, as a woman, you have to, because there's only so much time in a day and energy and whatever, like, you really have to prioritize what's worth an argument, what's worth you stressing out about, like, because you're creating stress. Like, it's okay. Like, my mm-hmm. mom was like, I'm going to leave. My mom was here for three weeks. She was a dream. And she's like, so now I'm going to leave, and I'm going to tell you something my mom told me, Denise. So she's like, now I'm telling you, Rachel, you don't get a prize for having a clean house and being a new mom. Nope. <laughs> you don't. So if you feel like cleaning your house, clean your house. If you don't feel like cleaning your house, wait till the weekend. Like, my husband's great on the weekend. He'll he'll clean. He's really good at, like, scrubbing toilets and tubs mm-hmm. and all that. So he's been good every <laughs> weekend. He's done it because he knows I like, you know what I mean? It's also his mm-hmm. way of showing me he loves me and whatever because he knows I want the house clean. We have an infant, whatever. So, it, yeah. So just prioritize to not give yourself right. stress. But it's hard, you know, like. I love to cook, so I'm still trying to find a way to get groceries and cook and this and that. Could I just sit my ass down and order some seamless? Absolutely. But then I'm like, am I going to mess up the budget? And I want to pack my husband lunch. Right. Like, so you just, it's an ebb and a flow. And, like, some days you're going to have the energy, and that's great. Like, in other days, you don't, and that's fine. You're going to be tired as hell. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember, like, when the first few weeks he had – um a little diaper rash, like his little bottom was raw, and I like every time I had to change his diaper, I was like in tears. Mm-hmm. My mom was like, "He's okay," and his daddy was like, "You ain't never had no raw butt before." He don't feel that. <laughs> I was like, uh, "No, I don't believe I've had raw butt before," but <laughs> and he's fine. But it's you know you're emotional and you want everything to be perfect for your child, so. Yep. So speaking of stresses, I want to rewind back to before you were pregnant, before any of that. Like, Mm -hmm. did you feel like you you kind of answered this question? Did you feel like you were really, really ready or did you feel pressure to like, I'm getting older, I'm now married, I need to have a kid? No, honey. My first date with my husband, I was like, so you want to knock me up? You want babies? babies." (laughs) I've been ready to be a mommy again since I like popped out. Right. I started having the, like, chemical urge to want to be a mom when I was, like, 26, and I'm 33. So, like, I wanted mm-hmm. – I physically, like, felt that urge for six years. So – and then once I found the right partner, because we could do another pack, podcast about the wrong partner because I've been, Correct. been down that road. <laughs> so I, I could give a whole testimony, say no. Because I was with someone and, you know, committed and married and whatever, but he was, like, not good. And so I wanted mm-hmm. to be a mom when I was with him, but I had to, like, be like, Earth to Rachel, you're not pro- procreating with someone that's not healthy, right? So right. that's what message to a woman. Do not just have a baby because you want to have a baby with someone that's not good. That's not good. Don't do that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not worth it. Literally, my divorce attorney was like, every time I look at your file, I thank God that you did not have a baby with this man. And now, you children, know, yeah. Listen, this attorney did never met me. Like, we were introduced, like, 
through friends and we never physically met but that's how so she had no personal attachment to me other than realizing how crazy he was and was like oh my gosh how were you married to him <laughs> like literally she's like in 30 years of practice I've never met someone so crazy so that just gives you a taste of what I was doing but um right so I knew I wanted to be a mom um and now that I am I'm ready but I think like something my father has always said like you're never ready you know like there's, I think this generation, we put a lot of financial pressure on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was, I think, like, as the pregnancy progressed, I was like, Whoo! like, oh, my God, like, financially, are we going to be okay? Because I have a non-traditional career. I don't get, like, all this paid time off. So I think financially, I was concerned about the preparedness. But then God provides. Like, I got, I don't know, like, three or four random checks in the first month of his life. And, you know, and that's I was, why I was telling you before to sit your ass down. Let me yeah. just tell you guys, because this is another topic we're going to cover. But Rachel was teaching classes way more than normal. And yeah. like <laughs> the week before she delivered and I called her, I was like looking at her feed. And I was like, is she really out here like doing photo shoots and teaching classes and spin and bar and all Pilates machines? I called her because I know as a mom, I was like, Rachel. You FaceTime time for yourself. I, yeah. I did. I FaceTime her at work, and I said, "You better sit your ass down, because soon you will have no time. You right. will have no energy. You will have no, from this is the last moment that you can be selfish to do anything you want. Go uh-huh. to a movie. Yeah. Take a shit by yourself. Take a yes. bath by yourself. Yes. And you don't get it. You don't get it until it happens. But now, uh-huh. do you see why I was saying all of that? Oh yeah. Do you know how bad I want to take a bath? But I hear my midwife being like, "Do you? Does it really make sense to take a bath when your body is healing?" And yeah, I'm like, "Okay, fine." But I can't wait for my <laughs> appointment to be like, "Can I sit my vagina in a tub? I just want to sit there right. and soak. I just want to <laughs> sit down and relax." Yeah, exactly. Um, um, but so yeah. Speaking of, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So speaking of like wanting to have this kid for so long, like the process of like getting pregnant and all that once you guys decided that you wanted to do how was that how was that process um i was the psycho um my husband was like oh my god so i think if if you're if you initiate sex in your relationship then you'll be fine but i think if you're not the main initiator then all of a sudden you turn into like give me penis lady then you're probably like whoa (laughs) what the hell is wrong with you like I'm like, we have three days. <laughs> we have to have sex now. <laughs> and I swear the first month or two, he would, like, find ways to be late or, like, act like he forgot he had to come home and give me some. And I was, like, no. <laughs> and um, my cycle was kind of off because I had been on the pill for a long time, and I was on, like, the season week where you only have a period every, like, three months. Mm-hmm. So my my body took time. So I went off the pill in May. We got married in August, but my periods were like 35 days apart. And so mm-hmm. I started with the app just because I've been on the pill so long. I don't really know what my cycle was, and I just wanted to get to know it. People had always told me about ovulating, and they're like, make that little sign with their index finger and their thumb. They're like, yeah, and you have that discharge that's like sticky, and you're like, what? Like, I don't. No, mm-hmm. I've had um, discharge that looks like a loogie before. <laughs> like, <okay. laughs> um, 
And so you're like looking at your vagina, looking at your underwear, like, is this what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And then you have it and you're like, oh, that's what they're talking about. That's what they were talking about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you have, to, it takes time. And I think, honestly, it's like a beautiful, it should be, could be a beautiful time to get to know your body as a woman, right? Um, mm-hmm. there's many of us that like never looked at our vagina. My mom's like, look at your vagina. You need to know what it looks like. You know, like get to know your body. Um, I love I, your mom. Cause she's so like pro know yourself as a woman. Know oh, your, yeah. Like your mom is like that classic, like bay woman. Who's like, I picture her like dancing with like flowers on her head. <laughs> yeah. The California flower child. Yeah. But she always yes. was like, I remember I was like, well, I heard sex like peaks at 35 you know you heard a random quote like when we were younger like a woman's peak is in their 30s or sexual peak or something and my mom was like because I asked her this probably in my 20s or something and she's like and when you're 40 and when you're 50 and when you I was like okay girl like (laughs) so like my mom is very much into like you need to enjoy your body and enjoy sexuality and like all of those things and like she always taught me that you're in control of your body but as far as like Mm -hmm. getting pregnant all of a sudden you have anxiety what if I can't get pregnant so we got home from our wedding and I had like a little nervous breakdown at the house like he was like whoa all of a sudden I realized I almost knew too much so like in fitness I have the gift and the curse of like knowing a lot of people's deep you know, not secrets, but their journeys of fertility. Um, They Mm -hmm. share a lot with me. And a lot of people struggle with infertility, which is a good thing to know because you know you're not alone. But when you're Mm -hmm. trying to procreate, that's in your brain. Like, I didn't realize that was in me to the point where I was going to be like, oh, my God, what if it's me? What if I have that problem? What if something's wrong with me? Because you don't know. It's magic. Like, it's like a one in a million chance that this random sperm is going to fertilize an egg. And if you're even dropping eggs and, you know, like all of those. Correct. So it's Mm -hmm. like you almost, my dad now, you know, we, he knew we were trying and it's, that was an interesting dynamic where it's like, I guess my dad knows I have to have sex to have a baby, but he was also (laughs) like, just be relaxed about it. And like, everything's going to be fine. And it was, it was, I have cool parents in that regard, but it's easier said than done to just relax, right? And everyone's like, yeah. just relax. You're going to get pregnant when you relax. And I'm like, okay. So my, I ended up <laughs> going to get – I didn't know that, like, checking your egg count was, like, a simple, like, checking your cholesterol, right? So when I went for my wedding – Oh, I, had no, I did not know that either. Yeah, I, had, I thought they had to, like, go in there and, like, count eggs. You know, so I knew a lot, and I knew very little about that. <laughs> My brother was mm-hmm. like, no, girl, it's a blood test. I was like, oh. So oh. a girlfriend of mine, um, Kishi, we've been friends since we were 10. She's like, go get, because she knows how my brain is. She's like, just go get your age check, and then you know that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. And so I yeah. did that in January, um, and that month after, February, we got pregnant. But it really relaxed me. So for me, uh, my mom's like, don't do that. My husband's like, don't do that. Like, let's just try for a year. The idea of me trying every month for a year and not getting pregnant when I could have known that there was a problem at month one drove me Mm -hmm. crazy. So me knowing, like, that my age count was the average for my age made me relax, and I got pregnant the next month. But when I tell you 
every time you're trying to get pregnant, you feel like everybody on the planet, even heifers that didn't even want to get pregnant or shouldn't be pregnant are pregnant. And with social media, I would be on the train angry as hell. Like, I would come home and Sam would be like, wait, can you relax? And I was like, such and such is pregnant. So I'd either be mad or I'd break down in tears. I'm not laughing at you. (laughs) And then towards... I think it was, like, after my blood test, I got a random text from an old student, like, I'm pregnant. And I came home, and I was so proud of myself because I wasn't angry <laughs> or jealous. <laughs> I was like, hey, this girl such and such is pregnant. And I'm, like, really happy for her. And he was like, good job, babe. And, like, he was really funny, <laughs> but he knew that was, like, a good thing because I was more relaxed about it. But I say I right. have to say, like, it's not easy, you know what I mean? And people do have issues. And the way I go to an Ayurvedic doctor, which is like an Indian doctor, and she's like a guru, she's in her 80s. But I sat down with her, and the best thing she told me when I shared that sentiment of being nervous about something being wrong with me is she's like, fewer people, she's like, more people have babies without trouble than with trouble. So she's like, just think about it that way. Most people can have babies. So you're probably fine. So don't think about there being something wrong with you. And so that was helpful. But I think in this age of new information where my dad, he speaks to this, like, he's like, I think you guys know too much. Like, he's like, we would like, I agree. Try to get pregnant, get pregnant, be like, we pregnant. And so when I shared with my father, I shared, my dad was one of the first people that knew we were pregnant when I was like six weeks. And I was like, you know, we can't tell people and this and that. And he was like, uh. I respect that, but, like, you're pregnant. So, like, can we just Mm -hmm. be excited about you being pregnant? Like, he's like, you know, what is this, wait till three months? He's like, that's a long time of you could be happy for three months versus being worried about something possibly being wrong for three months. And so he really was big on that. Both both men, you know, the, the grandpas of the baby were like that. So my husband's father was like, listen, today you're pregnant. Let's celebrate that. And if tomorrow something right. is different, then we'll deal with tomorrow. But I think, and that's interesting, like, the men, the older men in my life said that. And this, like, Sam's dad is, like, super old school southern man. And my dad is, you know, whatever, not as old school. But they both said the same thing coming from kind of very different types of personalities. And so I think there was yeah. really something to that. For a man to just kind of keep it simple. Like, that's what's beautiful about men. They just mm-hmm. kind of shoot you straight. There's no fluff. It's like, you're pregnant. Be excited. Or you're trying to get pregnant. Be excited about that. Like, your union and the beauty right. that it can bring. Like, don't worry about, like, what if something's wrong? And this is it. Like, it's not helpful. And so when people do tell you to just relax and it's really annoying, it's true. So <laughs> however you can do that, take a bath, have a glass of wine. Like, I stopped drinking and stopped this. My mom was like, yo, you can, like, be a vegan <laughs> if you want and, like, never drink wine. But if a glass of wine is going to relax you, have a damn glass of wine. If a cheeseburger right. is going to relax you, have a goddamn cheeseburger. Like, just chill mm-hmm. out. And I think that, like, to your point, like, when your your father-in-law and your dad are saying, hey, why can't you be happy? Like, I remember with both of mine, I had a miscarriage before I got pregnant with Preston, which I mentioned before. And that was traumatizing because I was like, I did something wrong. And in that, I didn't talk about it. I did anything, which is why I'm now way more transparent with it because so many people I found out after 
so many people have miscarriages. One in four women have miscarriages. The older you get, you'll have a miscarriage. And to your point, it is literally magic to be able to match all these things up. And the doctor really said to me, she was like, would you prefer, because I guess around 10 or 11 weeks is when, like, heart development happens. Yeah, yep. And if something chromosomally doesn't match up, then they can't find a heartbeat. And that was what happened in my case. Like, I went in. Something just told me something was off, and I went in, and they couldn't find a heartbeat. And and I blessed OBs and, gone, like, blessed them because I don't know that I can do that job and sit in a room and tell someone that, like, oh, my gosh, unfortunately, you don't, you know, we didn't find a heartbeat, et cetera. But there was so much shame in it after it happened because I was like, did I do something wrong? Did I yeah. lift something? Did I this? And what they said to me was, this happens in one of four women, and you don't know that it's common until you've experienced it, which is right. why I think miscarriage is one of those things you should talk. We should talk about more. And you I, wait that whole time. Cause you're like, wait a minute, I gotta wait till I get to the um, point of viability. I gotta wait to get out of the first trimester because then my chances decrease. And then let me get to the point of viability. Let me get here. And if you do that, you're like waiting forever. Like you always have some anxiety instead of just being happy. Like I am yeah. pregnant. If if in two weeks I'm not pregnant anymore, guess what? I was pregnant now. And I don't think that, like, Deshay thinks about it in this way, but the baby that I had a miscarriage for, when that due date comes around, I know it. And I don't, like, do a whole birthday celebration, but I know it in the back of my mind. I don't look at it as a child that is not. Like, I did not have. It was a, it was a kid, and there's actually a day. I think it's in October. It may be in September where people, like, wear blue for children they have lost, whether it's losing a miscarriage or, you know, any any kind of loss, like, that's the day. So I think through this, like, form, I'm, I'm trying to educate and make people feel more comfortable with talking about, like, things that you have shame about or just being open. Like, yeah, I'm two weeks pregnant. I found out because I know my body real well, and I'm pregnant. Like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and you should be excited um, about that, truly. I mean, it's a beautiful it's, – it's, it's a gift. It's a blessing. Like, we and I think, you know, we just need to allow ourselves to enjoy the simple things, you know, and the magic and mm-hmm. the blessing of life. So when I tell people, when someone was like, "Oh my God, like you're out of the house, like are you okay?" Like I am okay. Like I am blessed. You know what I mean? Like I have yeah. a cousin, like a very close family member who wants what I have. You know, but she mm-hmm. in the same token is so loving and supportive of everything. I'm, I've been blessed with, but she's trying to have a baby and having a lot of trouble. You know what I mean? Like, that's mm-hmm. not easy, but it's also like, I'm so proud of her and every woman who's had trouble, you know, who talks about it. A client of mine went through many rounds of like, um, fertility treatments and now she's going to have a healthy baby girl in a couple months. So there is right. hope and all of those things, but I feel like, you know, it's just, I don't know, being supportive of one another and being open and transparent is mm-hmm. so important because we all have a journey and a testimony. Um, and knowing more can really help you. But, like, also what I was saying, it can also freak you out. So I think you need to be like, mm-hmm. okay, even though my friend had a miscarriage, that does that's not necessarily my journey. Right, that's not going to be me. I, yeah. Or because I had a miscarriage doesn't mean every, birth, you know, every time I get pregnant is going to be a miscarriage. Like, Every pregnancy mm-hmm. is different. Every birth is different. It's just Ooh, every child is different. Every Ooh. child is different. You know what I mean? So, like, being present, like, I, 
I'm really wanting to be present. My ba- Everyone's like, the journey goes so fast, and sometimes it doesn't feel fast when mm-hmm. you're exhausted from, you know, sometimes my son likes to be up from 2 a.m. to 4 a.m. That doesn't feel mm-hmm. like it's going by fast when he's crying, and I really want to go to sleep. <laughs> but, you know, when the next day, all of a sudden, he's holding his head up and looking all around, and, like, I'm like, whoa, mm-hmm. he didn't do that yesterday, you know? So, like, yep. just being present in, in those milestones, even when he has you up from 2 to 4 a.m., because pretty soon he's going to be off in college not calling me at 2 a.m. or 4 a.m., and I'm going to be wondering where he is <laughs> at 2 a.m. or 4 a.m., you right. know what I mean? So. Yeah. One thing I always told people was there's always tomorrow. Like tomorrow will be better than the day before and we will do something new. Like that's what I always say. Like I used to remember with Preston, he would be up like that last feeding of the night would be the worst, like that 430 feeding because I'll be like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't know what to do. (laughs) And then I'll just tell myself rocking in that rocking chair. I'll be like, the sun is going to come up soon, and tomorrow will be better. Like, I was like, oh, my sun come up is everything. No. The sun is everything. It's amazing. Like, You'd be like, oh, it's a new day. We're going to start anew. I know. And then usually they go to sleep. So, like, my son likes yep. to fall asleep once the sun comes up. And then I'm learning because yep. I'm a busybody. Keep your butt in bed and go to sleep with him. And that's usually my best stretch of sleep. Um, mm-hmm. And then you have that moment where you wake up. Like, I think I woke up at maybe 8. I think I put him down around 6, but it wasn't bright outside yet. And then at 8, I think I heard him, and my husband was like, he's fine. And I was like, did I put the baby down? Like, because you're out of it. Like, you don't know. Like, you're like, did I drop yes. the baby? Is the baby? And then, you know, we have every gadget. We have a bassinet. We have the rocker. We have the boppy pillow. We have this. I'm like, I don't uh-huh. even know where I put the kid. And he's, like, fast asleep, totally fine. But I had fallen in such a deep sleep that I was like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, where's the baby? And Sam was just kind of like, oh, wake up and hit, like, a four- or five-hour stretch, and you'll wake up and be like, oh, my God, what happened? I slept too long. Wait a minute. Where? Like, it's, it's sleep. I tell people you never realize how much sleep you can't live on until you are forced to not live on oh, sleep. Oh, yeah. Because it's, like, a whole, like, your body. Don't give me a good two-hour nap. Yeah, a two-hour like nap. Yeah, that I'm telling you, from 6 a.m. to 8, I was like, I thought I slept all night, child. I was like, I literally didn't know where I was, where my baby was. I felt amazing. You text me like, let's do a podcast. I'm like, let me let me wash these dishes real quick. Let me feed my baby. I'm ready. <laughs> I dread the night a little bit because you know he's like, I want to be nocturnal, mommy. And right, that, and that was like, that will switch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think, too, it's like he knows, you know, your kids are, they sense your tension, and I think I start, I was Mm -hmm. honest with myself last night, I have a little anxiety about nighttime, because, like, I know I want to go to sleep, but it's like, my idea of sleep doesn't exist anymore, and it will again one day-ish, you know, like, I'm not going to be feeding my baby every two to three hours for the rest of my life, but I think you have anxiety, because you, like, Especially when it's a weekday and I know my husband has to get up to go to work and, like, mm-hmm. all of that. You're trying to keep the baby quiet so he can get sleep and and you still want to sleep and whatever. Yep. But I think, you know, my son is, like, probably feels that I'm a little anxious. So 
the nursing thing, I've realized he's nursing fine during the day, and at night he's a little funky with his latch. But I feel like it could be mm. he feels my tension of both of us because we're both, like, rocking him and shaking him and trying to put him to sleep. And he's kind of like, maybe right. I don't want to go to sleep. Like, can you stop yep. shaking me? Like, <laughs> and during like, the like day, we leave him alone. Like, during the day, if he falls yep. asleep, we let him fall asleep. If he's up, he's up. Like, we're not, like, be quiet. Go to sleep. Go to sleep. And that, that, that first 12 weeks, like, people talk about the fourth trimester. It is the realest thing that oh, yeah. I never knew about. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, and even now, like, with my kids are older now, and there are times I'll be like, Deshae, how would you feel if somebody was always telling you what to do and you had no way to express your emotions? Like, let them express their emotions, and then they'll get over it. Like, Preston will mm-hmm. be upset because he can't get something. And I'll be like, it's okay for you to be upset. Just go up to your room, and when you are are finished or you want to use your words, you can come back downstairs. And, like, some people would be like, ooh, that's, like, a different way of parenting or, like, that's not the way my mama did it. And I'm like, well, my mama's also crazy, and (laughs) I wouldn't raise my kids that way. Like, my mama also beat the hell out of her kids. Like, I'm not going to do that, but, like, there's a fine line between – like, you have to think about it. Like, as an adult, if somebody, even with going to sleep, like, Preston and Chanel, they want somebody in their room to go to sleep. Like, they want me in there. They want their dad. They want somebody in there to go to sleep. And one day, I was like, oh, my God, I just want to use my time. Like, this is my time, blah, 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 blah. And I had to realize, I was like, well, I also am married to a whole grown person who don't want to not go to bed in a bed with somebody. So can I really expect somebody who is two or one to really want to just be in their room by themselves and go to sleep. And that changed my mentality of how I When everybody else is awake. Like, can you go to sleep yep. when there's a party going on? No. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. So a lot of that, I think, too, it's a great point, like, questioning your stories. So I'll never forget, I went to this, like, really great church in Chicago. He was more so talking about race race issues um, and stereotypes, but he's like, what he, the sermon was called is, like, question your stories. Question the stories you've been told. So you can apply that to anything in your life, and I think it's really yep. important to apply to parenting. Why do you feel that the baby needs to sleep in its own bed? Or why do you feel like the baby needs to sleep in the room with you? Or why do you, you know, like, is it because that's the way you were raised or your husband was raised or mm-hmm. your partner was raised or your friend did it that way or your friend told you she you should do it that way or you read some book that told you to do it that way or you saw yep. some commercial that told you to do it that way? Like question why you're making the choices, not to defend them, but to just be like, oh, I don't even know why I'm doing that. Like that's not working. So right. You know what I mean? Like, I think I'm a big component of, de- like, debunking this stupid myth that you can spoil your baby. You cannot spoil you cannot. Infant. Yeah. Can I say that louder? You cannot spoil your infant. Your infant is not manipulating you. They're not that smart. Like, they were just inside of you, and now they're outside of you because their head is too big mm-hmm. to stay in for three more months. So that's the fourth <laughs> trimester. It's very scientific. Like, it's ca- they're like, it's caveman, right? Like, Elephants are born and they right. can survive. Our babies are born and they cannot survive. So when they cry, they right. need to be picked up and attended to. Animals mm-hmm. in the wild, if their baby cries, they don't ignore them. They don't sleep train nope. them. Like at 
two weeks and four weeks. Like, no, like my kid is crying for a reason. And if, to your point, that reason at one month, two months, 12 months is that they need to be hugged by their mother, then hug your damn baby. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's super simple. Like, don't put all this pressure on yourself to have some perfect robot child that sleeps through the night and, like, you know, feeds at a certain hour. Mm -hmm. And that might happen some days and it might not. But, like, do you always make your lunch and eat at 7 and 12 and 4.30 and 6.30? No. Like, that's not reality. So are there days that are very organized and there's days that aren't? And that's fine. Um but I, I find so many women stressing themselves out about that stuff. So mm-hmm. I, the I need way to do this. I need to do yeah. this. I need this to do that. Mm-mm. Just question it's your just like, Does that work for you? Like, you, you know, it's like marriage. Your marriage and my marriage are going to function different. Like, because we're different people. And that's fine. Right. So. There's some things that are consistent. But, yes, they all – Yes, we have a lot in common. <laughs> and we could be sister I mean, wives. And I think about it all the time. I'm like, I should just bought that house two doors down, and then <laughs> we could just – I mean, they still sell houses in Atlanta. I, they, they they still have them. But um, we need to be like – We just need to buy a compound. Correct. <laughs> along with, like, questioning your story. So, like, being a doula and being a fitness – I'm going to call you a guru – and all those things, like you hear, like people are always like, oh, I'm eating for two and I'm eating this. And the thing, like, I was very conscious about weight and, like, exercising when I was pregnant with both kids. So I was like, I can't get fat. And But I thought about it from a mentality of I don't want to have to lose 60 pounds when I drop this baby off. Right. Um, and I was like, no, you aren't really eating for two. You're eating an extra 300 calories. And then I splurge and do all that. Yes, I did. Um, but talk about how you were able to work out more than you worked out normally and carry a human being and how women can really, like, continue to work out or start working out to be the healthiest self when pregnant. So weight and women, Ugh. it can be a very, <laughs> like, scary path. So I hate, like, numbers. I, like, very rarely weigh myself. When I, like, started modeling at 30, then people were like, yeah, you should probably, like, not lose so much weight, but tighten up. So that's probably when I got mm-hmm. on the scale to just be like, oh, this is how much I weigh, you know, just to kind of have a gauge. But I don't think the scale is like your friend. I think if you have oh, no. a positive relationship with it, great. But I think you should base it more on like how you feel and like what you see in the mirror and like how your clothes fit and things like that. Because numbers aren't always accurate. Like everyone's always mm-hmm. like, what are you like a hundred pounds? And I'm like, mm, you're kind of 30 pounds off, but it's fine. <laughs> um, and so. So, yeah, so weight with me during pregnancy, I realized because I'm fit and I'm, like, smaller frame woman that, like, people said a lot about my weight to me while I was pregnant. Like, you look so good. You're so small. And I'm, like, you know, well, so then I would start to be, like, well, okay. And then I think when I would get on the scale, it's a weird thing, like, being pregnant and, like, looking down and seeing a number you've never seen on a scale before. Um, (laughs) Like, not that it's a bad thing, but, like, when you're – when in a week or two weeks, you know, the scale jumps 7 to 10 pounds, and then it jumps another 5, and then another 10, and then you start right. to see numbers you've never seen. It's just, like, interesting. You're like, whoa, I've never seen that number. Um, <laughs> but I was fit and all of that. So, like, I was still super active, but I was still gaining weight. Like, I gained, like, 33 pounds. 
So, mm-hmm. I, and like the cutoff is 35 or whatever. So you have this little bit of anxiety about like, you know, your practitioners like gain 25 to 35. So my approach with that is everybody's body is different. So it was very right. easy for me being very active and healthy to gain 33. So that to me is a little not fair for everyone. Like to just be like, this is the right. 10 pound range that you can gain, like between 25 right. and 35. Like, like that's not like my doctor told me that I shouldn't gain any weight. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh. yes, I was sitting in that doctor's appointment and I was concerned about the weight because again, I'm like, I've had a history of eating disorders. So I was like, okay, I have to be very conscious about this weight, like, and I, like, gained weight and then lost weight, and a lot of it was due to alcohol. Like, I lost 10 pounds because, I, I mean, when you get pregnant, you don't drink anymore, and right. lo and behold, alcohol is a lot of weight. Yeah. Um, but he looked at the he looked at the pre-pregnancy, and then he looked at where I was, and I was probably, like, maybe 20 weeks at that point. I don't remember. And I hadn't gained that much, but he was like, um, I wouldn't go too much higher than where you are now. And I was like, that was shady. Um, but I was already being very cognizant of it, and I think that I may have, I mean, I wasn't like I was, like, working out every day and did anything extra strenuous, but, like, I swam and I walked and, I like, I did things just to stay active, um, yeah. unlike you who are teaching classes every day. So, like, do you suggest to the people that you are doulas for that they either start working out or continue working out? Or yeah. So, how do you okay. approach that? So we could do like a whole fitness segment, but, and people can email me and ask me whatever they need to about it or DM me or whatever. But so this whole do what you were doing, not quite, because it depends on what you were doing. And at different mm-hmm. stages of your pregnancy, you need to start to pull back for your pelvic floor health. So we, we got to always end it with the Kegels. So it's not <laughs> most anything you do fitness related, unless you like, you know, belly flop on your stomach that would hurt your baby fine but there's very few workouts that are going to hurt your baby but they can be detrimental to your body so you can what you call diastasis recti so where your abs come together in the middle of your body they can come apart so now a couch potato can get diastasis because their belly grows so big and then their their abs separate or you can be doing such strenuous workouts that you can exacerbate the issue. So you want to not be doing crunches. You can do a plank. You know, as you get bigger, you might want to do, you know, a modified plank. Or you want to elevate your hips a little bit to take the pressure off your core. And then when it comes to, like, running and impact, I'm not a big fan of that because it's to me you're bouncing a bowling ball on your pelvic floor (laughs) which is a rubber band and then after you pass a human through the pelvic floor and out of your you know vaginal canal you then want to be able to not pee on yourself and then you want to be able to tighten your (laughs) vagina on your partner's penis and not be like oh I'm so glad I kept running and like doing jump to stay skinny while I was pregnant. Now my husband can't feel my vagina and I pee on myself. So to me, it's about risk. Is it worth it to keep those thoughts during pregnancy and then pee on right. yourself for the rest of your life? I don't think that's worth it. So Not there are other things to do to keep your heart rate up, to keep fit, you know, which can be a dangerous word in pregnancy. To me, it's about being healthy 
I crave less intensity, more yoga, more like allowing myself to have an hour where I'm like just flowing and moving my body and being connected to my baby and my breath because many of us live really fast-paced lives and we forget some days that we're pregnant, right? Because we're not Mm – there's no time in our day to connect to the fact that we're creating life, which to me is – you know, it might sound hokey, but a it's beautiful a thing. beautiful thing. And you need to have mm-hmm. a time in your day and your week, even if it's five minutes, even if you're pooping on the toilet to just, like, touch your tummy and be like, I'm amazing. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. and I might. And so with fitness, I think you need – this goes for any anyone. But why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it because it's trendy? Are you doing it because your friend does it? Do you feel good doing it? And when you're pregnant, it's going to shift. There was a day that I was feeling great, and I did a jump squat, and I felt my son's hands grab my pelvis. And I was like, this don't feel great. I was like, I feel fingers on my pelvis. And people were like, you're crazy. How? I was like, I feel creepy crawlers on no, my I pelvis. I feel them fingers. Yeah. Yep. And I was like, I don't want to jump no more. So my ego, And I'm not going to. No. So if you do a jump squat one day and you're like, I feel like a badass, I'm doing 10 jump squats, engaging my pelvic floor and my core and all those delicious details you need to do, and it feels good, great. And then you're going to do a jump and you're like, ooh, that didn't feel good, or I think I'm going to pee on myself because I just jumped. Then stop. You know what I mean? Like, so I just sit here and, like, sound really detailed about the approach of fitness prenatally, but, like, listen to your body. Take a walk. Mm-hmm. Take, take the stairs. Like if you're a runner and you feel like you're missing out, why don't you take the stairs? Trust and believe. Walking upstairs pregnant is the hardest thing you will ever do. Living Jesus, in New York yeah. City. <laughs> Living in New York City, walking up subway stairs, I'm like, oh, my God. I am breathing like I am 400 pounds. <laughs> like what is going on? I can't breathe. Yeah, so I would say just limit the impact. Um, simply put, there's no crunches, no twisting, if I had to give you three things. Um, but overall, listen to your body um, and don't put pressure on yourself to, um, you know, be something because you don't know what it is your body needs. You know, your baby might need you to right. be 40 pounds, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. But be honest with yourself. Are you drinking sweet tea and, like, candy all day? Then that's probably why you gained 40 and not 35. Like, right. try to eat healthy and do eat. That's the other thing. Please eat. Like, you need nourishment. You need carbs. That now is not the time to be a vegetarian mm-hmm. or vegan. You need red meat. Like, all of those things. Like, and if you're really in tune to your body, your body will ask you for what it needs. We'll tell when you, was, yeah. Yeah. When I was first pregnant, like, greens were gross, but I wanted red meat. Like, I craved it. But I was building brains and eyeballs and organs. Like, it was really important that I have that stuff. So, anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, I craved tomatoes. With oh, Preston, yeah. I craved tomatoes, and I don't know why. And then with Penelope, I craved orange juice. Like, it was like I could never drink enough orange juice. And I think my doctor said with the orange juice, it was potassium, and with the tomatoes, it was something about, like, salt or something. Mm-hmm. Like, it would be tomatoes with salt, and they tasted like the most amazing thing <laughs> that ever had been placed on this earth. Like, And I don't even like tomatoes like that, but it was so good. It was crazy. I would go places and be like, can I have, like, two orders of tomatoes? And they would look at me like I was retarded, and the shade would just be like, she's pregnant. Just, like, you just bring her <laughs> the tomatoes. Yeah. Um, 
but I want to end with what, how have, okay, no, let me rephrase the question. Now that you have the baby, how is the reality of being a mom compared to what you expected it to be? Um, from, like, any perspective, like, from the tiredness, from the work, from the whatever. It's, it's funny. I try not to, like, over, like, with expectations, I know you can get disappointed, so I'm pretty good at, like, not being like, it's going to be exactly like this, and then be like, oops, it's not. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's really beautiful. Like, you, you, you know that you have seen your friends and family, like, stare at their baby and be like, wow, I made this. Like, it's a miracle. So you've heard that and you've said that to other people, mm-hmm. but it really is like, you're like, I did this. Like I created a baby and then like I birthed a baby and now this is my baby. <laughs> like, so you definitely, most of the day you're just like, this is really crazy. But I, I do feel like I'm proud of myself that even with the sleep deprivation and um, all of that <laughs> stuff, that I am, like, able to just look at my son and marvel at how amazing he is and how amazing my husband and I are. And, like, we are good at just looking at each other and, like, being like, we did this, babe. And it's been beautiful for our union to just take that moment and really, like, just enjoy it. Because, um, you know, life is really fast and whatever. But, yeah, it's it's everything and more. Um, I... I feel like I'm a pretty calm mom. Um, I think people were worried <laughs> about if I'd be calm or pressure myself because I'm one of those people who read a lot and know a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think my mom really worried that I would be trying to be like, well, page five said, chapter two said. Um, and I'm not like that at all. I'm actually pretty, in my opinion, pretty relaxed. Um, and so I just kind of like, you know, if I feel good about going outside and taking a walk with him, then I'll do that. You know, I did that mm-hmm. more when my mom was here because I had the support. And then if I'm like, no, I don't want to, then we don't go. You know, the other day we went right. outside and it was like 24 degrees. And I was like, am I a horrible mother? He was fine. But right. I took a walk. It was good for me to just be outside, you know, um, and then you start realizing, like, everyone has an opinion of what you should do with your baby. I've gotten plenty of passive-aggressive comments about, like, bringing my baby outside of the, the four walls of my home before it's three months or whatever. And, you know, you kind of just are like, I'm glad that worked for you. And Right. I, Don't tell me how to raise mine. I won't tell you how to raise yours. And I've been really calm about it, though. Like, so I'm super, you know, I can be very aggressive. <laughs> And opinionated, but I think there's a sense of calm. Like, I feel like my son mm-hmm. has completed me and fulfilled me. Like, that, he was my missing piece about, like, the dreams I've had. Like, I might have some other career ones, but I'm like, eh, I wanted to be a mommy. And he made me a mom. So I feel, I feel really complete. And I, I think that, that's what I feel. I, I thought that that was what was missing, and it was in my life, and I, I truly feel complete. And I think that that's the best way to describe it. That's why I don't really get caught up on people's opinion or, you know, if there's shit in the sink or or whatever, because this is what I wanted and I'm happy. Oh, that just made me tear up. I'm so emotional. But I, I mean, <laughs> I, I agree. No, yeah. because, like, you don't realize 
the fulfillment that comes from being a mom, as much as they get on your nerves, because, yeah, LT, LT is his name for me, um, <laughs> LT will grow up and he'll get on your nerves, and Preston Penn will get on your nerves. There are moments where, like, I look at them and I'm like, I created you. And there are yeah. moments that I look at my husband, I'll be like, we created these kids together. And I will yeah. say thank you. And it's not yeah. even something that I even thought that I would like, not that I would be thankful for, but I never thought about it in the context of I really do have to show appreciation and gratitude to another person that allowed me to experience this much joy mm-hmm. um, and happiness. Like there are other, like, them getting your nerves and all that stuff will come and go and it'll be forever. But like to watch something that you created with another person flourish and grow and realize that that came from something that's almost invisible. That was a part of both of you. And then you see things like, Oh, I see your eyes or my lips or my attitude or my this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's an amazing miracle. Um, yeah. And even when he's cutting up at night, you know what I mean? He's super loud and dramatic. Like, my husband was like, your son has a flair for the dramatic. And we laugh. He's you. He's you. He's me. I mean, like, I can't even be mad at him. Like, he's super loud and uses his hands and, like, screams and is making face a million faces. Like, I sent you those pictures and you're like, what the hell? Mm -hmm. There's so many faces. And I'm just like, some of that, you have, it's a mirror, right? Like, which is mm-hmm. what you got you, you act the same way. So I just have yep. to laugh at him when he's like, nah, nah, nah. and I'm like, what <laughs> is he doing? Like, did I cut your foot off, boy? Like, what is the problem? I mean, that's like Penelope giving me side eyes and Preston telling me to think about it. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. People think my kids are hilarious, and I'm like, they're really just me and their dad. Like, that's who they are. Um, and so and with that's that, why I you're my friend. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, I will say thank you so much for joining us this week. We will definitely have you back for a whole fitness uh, love life segment. Um, <laughs> but if you want to drop your contact information for people to get in contact with you. Yes. So Instagram, Rachel E, as in Elizabeth Nix. Um, that's Facebook and Instagram. So R-A-C-H-E-L-E-N-I-C-K-S or rachelnix.com. You can email me there too. Um, so anything like doula related, breastfeeding related, um, fitness related, new mommy stuff. Like I know way too much about all the like new mommy gadgets. What's worth your time? What's not? If you feel like spending $300 for a new fancy baby swing, great. But you can also spend 90 or get a hand-me-down. Hand-me-downs are awesome. So anyway, mm-hmm. I can help. Empowering women is, like, my passion and really something that drives me. So I'm, I'm happy to answer if you're in the New York, If you're in the New York area, Rachel is in New York, and I'm sure she will be back to dueling and teaching soon. Yeah. Um, but like she said, you out her website for that information as always you can find us on instagram and facebook shit shower shave shit shit with a y not an i so s-h-y-t um you can hit us via email at info at shit shower shave and we will talk to you all soon bye